0: way to God. Go on up in here. Pray for us. Pray for us.
1: Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you're a good God, Lord. and. Lord, we just ask that you be with us today, God, that we open our ears to hear, God, and that we are open to receive your word today. Holy Spirit, we invite you to this place. We thank you for, for your goodness to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, glory to God. I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad that you are, are uh, amongst those That are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. The Bible says that blessed are those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Amen. And so uh, I'm expecting that today some of you going to get filled uh, to overflowing. And that the Lord is going to meet you. That the Lord is going to meet you here. Amen. Thank God. What a wonderful Monday, miracle Monday service we had. Oh, yeah. it was nice, nice. It was super cool. The Lord touched us, and <laughs> they're thrilled to be on the front row today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was super nice in here. I'm. I'm. If you weren't here Monday, uh, well another chance next week so um but uh, make sure that you make a note that um friday you know we have outreach uh outreach will be uh at the uh hospitals this week so uh baptist and mercy um you can get with uh or tyler and ayla and uh figure out where you want to serve which hospital you want to go to you say well what do they do at that hospital we (laughs) There's sick people there. We lay hands on the sick and uh, believe the word of God. And we're looking for more to recover in these days that are coming than what have recovered in the past. Amen. But um, uh, and also this coming uh, Sunday, Pastor Annie will be sharing the word of God. And boy, I tell you, does she have a message because she. Started talking with me about it, and I was like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm," and I'm like, "Lord, don't let it happen while I'm gone." Amen. No, no, not really. I'm, hey, man, I'm praying that the Lord will bust out in here, and uh, that we'll come back to full-blown revival, and uh, that I won't even be able to find a parking place by the time I get back in this parking lot to be able to come into the church house. But <clears throat> so, Pastor Andy will be ministering on Sunday, and you you won't want to miss that. So, all right, let's open up our Bibles. We're going to jump in here. Uh, You know, Sunday I talked about, um, and I know that I spent some time on the offering and talking about um, um, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, things of that nature. Um, And so it didn't leave me with all the time that I needed uh, to spend on what I really felt like the Holy Spirit um, had put on my heart to share with you guys, although I think we did everything we could on Sunday I'm going, to, I'm going to attempt to uh, talk with you guys here in this setting uh, about the rest of this. So I want you uh, open up your hearts, op- open up your—this uh, uh, is definitely an interactive time. I know uh, the past several weeks maybe it hasn't been because, for whatever reason, but there's always an opportunity. If you have a question, or if you feel like the Lord is giving you insight in some area and you even want to make a comment or share something— uh, this would be the appropriate time in which to do that. Did we get the heaters turned on and whatnot? Because man, if I'm if I'm chilly, y'all gotta be chilly up in here, because I never get cold. Thank you. I received that in the name of Jesus. She's like, I know you're gonna sweat, so you're gonna take this. <clears throat> and so uh Isaiah, we were in Isaiah, isn't that right? Isaiah chapter 40 was it 43 or 42? Isaiah chapter 40 something. Isaiah chapter 43. Verse uh, was it uh, six, What was it? Eighteen. Verse eighteen. Thus says the Lord. No. <laughs> Remember. Not <laughs> Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Next verse. Uh, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Leave that up there for a minute, will you, Joe? So, uh, behold, I am doing a new thing. Um, Do you not perceive it? Amen. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? So... Uh, what we what we talked about Sunday, what we were able to... Boy, y'all, every Wednesday see, when we first start, it seemed like a Presbyterian church, don't it? Boy, it makes me nervous. Anyhow, I'm going to wear a clerical on Wednesdays. <laughs> Things don't liven up around here. I'm going to put me a backwards collar on. But anyway, um, so we what we were able to establish just very briefly uh, on Sunday is that we know that God is doing a new thing. Amen. For sure. And uh, not that again. Talking about new things. It's not that God is doing something necessarily uh, that's different, historically different. Uh, in fact, you know uh, that Asbury revival, uh, the, the very same. I mean, if you if you looked at the version of what happened in the 1970s compared to what happened uh, just this last, you know, these last several months over in Asbury, you probably wouldn't be able to tell much of a difference between. What happened then, and what happened now? Because it was a very, it was it was so similar in the way that it happened, but it was a time of prayer and worship in the nineteen seventies, just like it was a time of prayer and worship here in our in our generation in twenty twenty three. So I shouldn't say our generation, but in in twenty twenty three. So, um, we know that. Uh, um, but what God did wasn't uh, God wasn't repeating a former thing that He did. God was doing a new thing. Amen. It wasn't different. It was new. Just like my Superman t-shirts. Uh, not different, only new. Amen. And uh, so, uh, not this, they're not the same ones. They're different ones. Just, uh, but uh, they, were, they were new. A new version of something that, that uh, it appeared very similar. Anyhow, so you get it. So the Bible, the Bible tells us God will do uh, things, things of this nature. Now, what I realized and what, why I got on what I got on on Sunday was uh, that the Lord began to deal with me and tell me that there, um, that there were those of us here at Winters Church that we were hearing about revival and hearing about what was happening and hearing about, you know, we were testifying and talking about how the Lord had been touching us, yet there were some of us that we didn't have the same experience. You know, some of us looked at Pastor Annie and we're like, that's wonderful, but I'm not, I i did not have a Pastor Annie experience. I didn't get wrecked like Pastor Annie got wrecked. Um, you know, she laid up here on the floor under the power of God, and then wasn't wasn't very uh, didn't ha- didn't have a lot of ability uh, to be able to communicate without uh, getting choked up uh, with what was happening with her. And so it was a very deep, uh, very uh, emotion-provoking encounter that she had with the Lord here at at this altar. But you know what, when I looked at the picture that I think Ted or somebody sent me, there was no one else on the floor in that picture but Pastor Annie. Right. So, it was obvious that she had had something happen to her up here that maybe not everyone else was experiencing. And here's here's what I'm here's what I want to say to that. Um that's that's probably you know, we we have been led to believe by Modern day, my um, by, by modern day ministers and ministries, preachers, modern day Christians, people who are well-meaning, people who have, uh, people that have a desire to, uh, uh, to do well, tell us that, you know, um, or or lead us to lead us in a way to believe that if something like that happens to Pastor Annie, if it's really God, it ought to happen to everybody. But you, but you know what? I'm going to tell you something. That really isn't consistent with Scripture. That's not really consistent with the Bible. It's not really consistent with how God has done things. In fact, much of what we see happen in modern-day church services, um, it, it's, and I've, I'll be honest with you, man, it's kind of challenged me. <laughs> it's challenged me because sometimes we have a tendency to uh, try to lock God into doing something that we desire to see instead of allowing him to do what he wants to do his way amen wow. and so you know when uh, this uh, prayer and praise was happening there were uh, people that were saying if god's moving then devils are coming out and if god's moving the lost are going to be saved and if god's moving the sick are going to be healed and so we began to we now we began to give god a narrative that we wanted him to follow we began to tell him what we were looking for and uh, how the only way that some people were going to validate what, what's been happening in these moves of the spirit is by certain things happening and listen I'm going to tell you right now that's always dangerous and it's always wrong for us to do you know one of the things that I've I've really had a uh, um, difficulty with over the years as, as I've been ministering and preaching and having revivals is when we, when we testify to people about revivals that we've had, you know, the first question that people ask me when we tell them, man, we've been in a, we've been in a 10-week revival. Do you know what the question? First question is that nearly everyone asks me, what's happening? What's happening? What's going on? And you know what they're waiting for? They're waiting to hear what they're waiting to hear me tell them something that defines revival in the way that they see it, that defines the move of the spirit in the way that they're accustomed to or the way that they've encountered it. And so if I say, well, people are getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, then there's a whole bunch of Baptist folks that are like, yeah, it's them charismatics. If I said Lots of salvations. The Baptist folks would be like, Boy, they are in revival. But the charismatics, are like, that's not revival. They're just having a soul winning crusade. You know, we talk about healing. We talk about, if we don't talk about the prophetic, there's a whole group of people that have been in prophetic flows that don't believe we're really having a move of the Spirit. If there wasn't three fire tunnels, you know, uh, 17 prophecies, and, and uh, you know, if we didn't all get stuck to the floor, uh, you know, under the power of God, then there wasn't really a move of the spirit. If you, you know, if, if you hang around the Howard Brown bunch if people didn't get joy, then it wasn't really revival. It wasn't really a move of the spirit. And so, uh, but we know that God moves in lots of, you know, the Bible says, hallelujah. In fact, we've been, we've been, we've been reading about this in the word and I've been teaching on it, you know, over in first Corinthians, it says there are, there are, well, let's, let's look at what it says. First Corinthians chapter 12, run there real quick. Chapter 12. And uh, we'll start with verse 1. So it's a, a, don't forget to behold, I'm doing a new thing. Uh, it's springing forth. Today it springs forth. Will you not perceive it? Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. Uh, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. No one can say Jesus is Lord except the, in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts. Say this with me. Say there are varieties. There are varieties. Say it again. Say it again. There so there are varieties of gifts. And, and later on in this verse, it calls those gifts manifestations. Manifestations. Say manifestations. manifestations. So there are a variety of gifts or manifestations. There are a variety of gifts. So now listen, if there's a variety, that, amen. That That, that must mean that this is more like a buffet instead of a and you know, uh, uh, when you, if, have any of y'all ever been to Tucker's? Any of y'all been, been, been to Tucker's? Um, what do they serve at Tucker's? Onion burgers. Onion burgers. Uh, can you get tacos at Tucker's? You can't get tacos at Tucker's. Can you get uh, Indian tacos at Tucker's? No, you can't get it. A, can you get a steak at Tucker's? No, you can't get it. If you go to Tucker's, you're going to get a burger. You know why? There is no variety at Tucker's. You ain't going to get fried chicken there. You ain't going to get chicken tenders. Uh, you're not going to get anything like that. It's burgers, french fries, and milkshakes, period, yeah, that's what mean. period. And so uh, that's, what they, that's what they specialize in. But see, in the Spirit, in the Holy Ghost, or the gifts of the Spirit, or, the, or the, what we call manifestations, that the Bible calls manifestations of the Spirit, there are a variety of Manifestations. So it's not, just, it's not just a one thing that you can expect. It's a variety of things. See, that's, and I think that's what gets the body of Christ tripped up is because we start to, you know what? I can tell you what my favorite thing is to eat. In fact, when I go to the buffet, uh, when, when I go to Golden, my favorite uh, Chinese buffet, or it's not even Chinese. It's Chinese, Cantonese, Vietnamese. Mongolian barbecue it's um what you call it um Golden Palace Golden Palace Vietnamese and Vietnamese so the Golden Palace when I go to the Golden Palace I have my favorites I like the Vietnamese egg rolls I like the Vietnamese grilled pork I like the Cantonese style fried rice I don't know what style they do their crab rangoon in, but they roll it up like little piccolos, and I love it. I love it. They say that they got this uh, chicken that they call paper-wrapped chicken. It ain't wrapped in paper. It's wrapped in foil. I guess it's foil paper, but I love, I love it. I love it. One of my favorite things there is to hit the Mongolian barbecue, and so I hit my favorite stuff, but do you know what? There's some stuff on that, on that buffet that I don't think I've ever tried. They got these little things wrapped in bacon I've never tried. I don't know what it is. I never read the little sign, but it doesn't look a- appealing to me. Maybe I ought to try it, you know. I know they have Japanese sushi on that. Now, you know what? They don't come across as being a great sushi place. If I want great sushi, I know where to go for that. Uh, I don't, I don't go to Golden Pounds. But how many of y'all understand there are things sometimes that we don't partake of or wait because we prefer other things. But here's the thing about the spirit. We ought to be willing to receive everything that the spirit has to offer. Amen. when he's offering it, praise God. So when we see the Spirit of God manifest Himself, like He did with Pastor Annie, and working in her, and working with her, and see that happen, there's nothing wrong for us to say, ooh, I want that, because it looks good. Now, it may happen to you, and you may be like, Lord, please don't do that to me again. (laughs) Because some things are more appealing when you watch it than when you receive it. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, before Brother Rodney Howard Brown came to this country and started preaching all over and people started getting joy and getting drunk in the spirit, the Lord was doing that through our ministry, not in the same measure, but in a a smaller measure. So we'd go places and people would break out in holy laughter. I remember my grandmother, it wasn't even one of our meetings. My grandmother was sitting in a meeting with Lucy Rael over in Tuttle, Oklahoma, And uh, during the offering, the fire of God fell on my grandmother, only fell on her, but she began to laugh in the spirit. I mean, she laughed and I'm not talking about just giggle, you know, under her breath. I'm talking about she belly laughed and he hawed until she was crying with tears of joy and laughed and laughed for for about an hour. She laughed and that whole service came undone with the joy. Now, see, Rodney hadn't been. Nobody knew nothing about Rodney Howard Brown or that kind of manifestation of the Spirit, but that was a manifestation of the Spirit. You know, there were some people that were in there that I'm sure that they thought, boy, I'd like to have that. Man, I wish God would do that with me. I remember seeing a, a video of Kenneth Hagin. Uh, in the early eight, late 70s, early 80s, he was at Fred Price's church and the Spirit of God got on uh, Brother Hagen, and he and Fred Price go to carrying on a conversation with one another in unknown tongues. Okay. He speaks to Fred Price in a tongue and Fred Price speaks back to him in a tongue. Pretty soon, Brother Hagin breaks out in joy and gets holy laughter and he laughs for the next 45 minutes during that. No one else in that whole church received joy. It's just Brother Hagin. He was up there just a laughing and laughing. And then the fire of God hit him so hard. I'll, I'll never forget this. Fire of God hit him so hard. He jumped off that platform at Fred Price's church. He ran down the aisle of that church and ran back up the aisle. All the while, everybody just looking at him. People not having a clue. Now, they, I, think, I think most of them probably recognized it was the Spirit. Are y'all hearing me? Now, did that did that happen in every brother Hagen meeting? No. Did that happen in every one of the meetings we had where Grandma broke out in joy or somebody broke? No, that didn't that didn't happen in every one of them. But it happened as the Spirit willed, because see, those are say this with me. Say those are manifestations of the Spirit. Now, let's, let's read on. It says, there are varieties of gifts or manifestations, but the same spirit. There are diversity, or there are varieties of, of service, but the same. Notice how it's talking about varieties here. Next verse. And there are varieties of activities. Are y'all seeing this? There are varieties of gifts and manifestations. What is the second one? There are varieties of opportunities. Service, and there are varieties of activities. But the same God who empowers them all in every one. Next verse. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You know, I think that's the part that that I, I didn't realize, maybe that some of us didn't understand. Now, I I've always gone over it fast because I it's my assumption that people understand what this what this means. You know what? Uh, and I think you all have heard me say this before. There have been times that we've seen uh, and and uh, been a part of meetings at different places and. Um, you know there were there were there were goings on in those meetings that I was like, well, you know what, uh, that that very well might be the spirit of God moving, and working in those people over there, but we may not go over there and participate in that. Right. That may not be that may that may not be uh, a part of what the Lord wants us to uh, throw ourselves into, maybe. But we're not gonna we're not gonna look at it and say it's not God. Now we know this, there are three things that happen when the, there are three things that manifest when the spirit of God um, works or when the, when the presence of God comes, what are the three things that manifest when God shows up? The devil, the, devil the, the spirit, Holy Spirit, and the flesh, not in that order, but every time God goes to working, three things will always manifest. The Holy Spirit will always manifest. The devil will always manifest and the flesh will always manifest Always. And so we've, we've, got to, we've got to keep that in mind also. We've got to magnify the Lord. So you know what? Uh, for us to be safe then, we shouldn't magnify the manifestation. We shouldn't magnify the happenings. We should magnify the Lord. And allow whatever it is that he's doing uh, to be magnified as a result, not because we magnified it, but because he magnified it. Amen. Amen. To each is given the manifestation of the common good. Next verse. And then it goes through those, those different manifestations of the Spirit. Um, it says, For to one is given the Spirit of utterance of wi- wisdom, to another utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. Next verse. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between Spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another of uh, the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So say, as he wills. As he wills. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, um, run to the book of John. And we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about some specifics. So, so here's, the, here's the thing that I want you all to understand. This for, this for every one of us. Talisha, it's so good to see you. Don't get out of here without letting me see that baby today. He stuck out on me last time. I missed it. So um, Talisha, you know, Talisha and I have had conversations where, um, and, and really, I, I, I'm not going to pick on Talisha. I'm not picking on you, Talisha. But Talisha, not just Talisha, but I think probably nearly everyone that's in the room today, we've had convers- conversations at one time, or another, when you've left church and maybe we talked another time and you were like, you know, I just wasn't getting what everybody else was getting. What was happening with them wasn't happening with me. Man, you don't know how many times Ted was traveling with me and the spirit of God was falling and people were getting touched, touched, and it seemed like God was working in such a demonstrative, spectacular, and powerful way. And then the only one at the end of the service that ever gives me a report uh, that it wasn't good or that they were struggling was Ted. I mean, people laid out. I mean, I, I have hundreds of people laid out under the power of God and talk to Ted after service, and he's like, man, I have had a burden. I, I, should feel, I felt a heavy. I felt I felt like, and then he'll come, you know, Ted has to demonstrate. So then he comes, and he puts his weight on you. He pushes on your shoulder, them sausage fingers of his on your shoulder. And he says, it felt just like this, like real weight. Like, you, you know what I'm talking about? Real heavy-like. That's what he said. Now, you know, uh, there was a time that I was like, Ted, you're on crack. You need to get, you need to get, you know, when, when that happens, you need to run to the altar. You know, um, I, I used to, I used to think there's something broken with him. Uh, but then, you know, I began to realize as I read these verses of scripture that the Holy Spirit doesn't always do the same with everyone in a service. Sometimes when he's working with people, he's working with people in the area of intercession. Oh, okay. yeah. Do you know some, some of the reasons why a majority of the people are getting it is because there are a few that are carrying a burden and praying that burden through so that everybody else can receive. Right. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes people that God wants to use to intercede and to birth some things through in the Spirit uh, during a service, sometimes those people don't even recognize that God's trying to use them to break other people through. They're too busy saying, Lord, what's wrong with me? What did I do that you're not touching me? Why can't I have what they're having? Lord, why why don't I get to? Right See, that's that that's that's those are the things that God wants us to work out because those are the things that are of the flesh that will manifest when the Holy Spirit shows up. See, we don't we think if the Holy Spirit shows up that those thoughts and those ideas and those hindrances that have that have been in our minds toward the moving of God's spirit, that those things somehow or another won't work when we get in the presence of God. The reality is is that those things are accentuated when we get in the presence. In fact, they come, they come even more to the surface when we're in his presence. Because everything is amplified when we get in the Holy Ghost. Everything is amplified. Everything is magnified. The spirit is magnified. The flesh is magnified. The devil is magnified. But see, what we have to do is we have to learn how in all of that noise, we need to learn how to turn down the knob of the flesh and turn down the knob of of the working of the enemy and turn up the knob of what the Holy Spirit is doing. See, it's, it's, it's in those times. That's why the Bible in 2 Corinthians tells us about, you know, the, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood and, and whatnot, that, that our a battle isn't with the, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, that we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that we bring every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Of Christ. Because when we're when we're pressing in like that, you know, you all you all have to live and exist in this world. And as long as you're in this world, living and existing in this world, and you're interacting with people that are unbelievers, you're going to I I don't care, I don't care how much you try to separate yourself from uh from um corrupt communication. From from things like that, the Bible says foolish jesting, chorus, speaking, uh, bad words, um, improper im. Listen, you can't hardly drive down the highway sometimes without seeing images that are inappropriate. I mean, you can't turn on the television and watch a generic show on the or watch a, a news program, whatever. Although I have, I'm still not watching the news, by the way. I'm committed to this for the rest of my life. Um, but if you, were, if you were one of those that you know, cranks it on and channel surfs, in fact, we're getting ready to cut the cable because we don't use it no more, um, then you know that there are constantly inappropriate images and inappropriate language that's coming across your television that you're, you're going to encounter it. And when, what, because of that, because you're always dealing with that. If you're not constantly in prayer, and I, I, I think it's a bit unrealistic uh, uh, somewhat for us to expect that um, we should pray, you know, eight or 10 hours a day. If, listen, if you're married, that's not going to work. If you're single, that might could work, maybe. But if you're married... You're definitely not spending 8 to 10 hours a day in prayer. It's not, re- it's not realistic. If you're married with children, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be lucky to get 10 minutes in prayer by yourself. By yourself. Now see, some of you like, well, that's where I'm failing, Pastor. I know I need to spend more time in prayer. Are, but are you really failing? Or is that what I mean? Are you a father? Are you a are you a mother? If you're a father and a mother, then where does where where is it that, that where are uh, where does God expect you to serve faithfully at? Why do you think that's why that's why Paul said I'd rather you stay single. Because if you're single, you can at least devote your life to the Lord in a greater measure, but you know what you' better better for you to get married than to burn right, <laughs> but but what he was saying was, if you get married, you're going to have to share that time uh that you used to have with just him, and you're going to have to now spread that time around you with your with your spouse not in fact. <laughs> The law of God in the Old Testament went as far as to tell people how much time they were supposed to. Do you know that the law, y'all ought to read that law, it'll mess you up. You'll be glad for grace. Because that law, that law made speci- a spe- specific provision for certain people in certain um, professions or that had certain occupations. For example, a tanner, which is a nasty job. the tanning of hides because they were so smelly. The law (laughs) had to be settled that wives could not purposefully stay away from their husbands just because they were stinky. But they were required to come together. I mean, it was crazy that they had to make a law. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes we don't realize, we don't understand that, if we're really following the Spirit, that the Spirit will lead us to spend time with our children. Imagine that. That the Spirit will lead us to spend time with our spouse. Now, He won't lead you to, lead you to go away from Him to spend time with your spouse, but He will lead you to, to uh, um, committing yourself to the responsibility. Now, does that mean you're going to get to spend 10, 11, 12, 15 hours or whatever? You know what? I think that probably there are some if they, you know, Annie and I for a period of time, we, we functioned in a grace that allowed us to be away from one another for long periods of time while we were married. And although it, it, it wasn't, it sucked, God enabled us and strengthened us to be able to do that for a period of time and it was appropriate in that time well guess what that's no longer appropriate there came a point in time where the lord was like that's it but we have to be willing to follow the spirit are y'all am I, are y'all okay right now because y'all are still awfully quiet amen amen So sometimes when we're looking at other people, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you something. If someone spends more time with God, then guess what? They're going to be more sensitive to the Spirit. If someone spends more time around people who allow the manifestations of the Spirit to happen through their lives, then they're going to be more sensitive to certain things. Y'all are more sensitive to... Listen, when I got a... I I was tripping out when I... When I got up here on Sunday and I told y'all about the offering. And before I could even get it out of my mouth, y'all was coming up here and grabbing envelopes. Do you know that that probably wouldn't happen in another church? Go ahead now. In fact, I've been to churches where all I did was teach a little bit for 10 minutes on the offering. And um, in fact, I'm thinking of one church in particular here in the state of Oklahoma, that Sheree called the pastor of that church that I'd been to. She wanted to see, and she's like, hey, you know, maybe we can go back. And she called him up. The guy was still yet. This was years ago. This was back in 2009. 2008, 2009, that I'd been at this church, and uh, um, you know we didn't we didn't go back. I, he he wouldn't return my calls. Well, Sharif called him up. It's like, hey, you know where uh, Pastor Ziggy hadn't been there, you know, since 2009. We figured maybe you know you guys might want to. He's like, no, man. When he came, they got mad because he talked about finances. Heck, if they'd have been in the meeting on Sunday morning, imagine how. So when you, hang, when you hang around, when you hang around the spirit and you hang around certain moves of the spirit, you become sensitive to certain things. And then there's some things that you're not sensitive to. Have you ever watched someone get over in the Holy Ghost and really get in the spirit and function in the anointing and be like, man, I would love to function like that in the anointing. But you know what? That might require something more than what you're willing to give, what you're capable of giving, or the environment that you're in won't allow it because you've married yourself to something or you have obligated yourself to something that doesn't allow for that. Well, I'm preaching. And so, you know, Pastor Annie, when Pastor Annie fell out up here, Here's what a lot of people don't understand about Pastor Annie is that she wasn't in a lot of those meetings where the spirit of God, those, those testimonies that I give, Ted was there. Ted understands it. You know, you know, Ted wasn't, Ted wasn't out on the floor with Pastor Annie when that was, you know, he was doing, taking pictures and sending me texts saying, boy, the Lord's working over here. Pastor Annie's wrecked, but he wasn't, he wasn't all woo, 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 woo. No, man, he's, he's all up taking pictures. But Annie, she wasn't about to break out her phone and take a picture. Spirit of God was on her. Now, why did the Lord do that with Pastor Annie that way? You know, I came in and I was like, man, you know what? I was a bit envious of some of you all and what the Lord was doing with you. I would have loved to have been the one on the floor. But I got, I got you know, I got in there. I got in there with Pastor Ben. But I would have loved to have been here with Annie. And gotten out there and really been laid out on the floor under the power of God. But you know what? I knew right away that that wasn't going to happen. I mean, I knew right away. When I came in, I was like, man. In fact, I knew that what was happening with some that... did, Did I tell you all this? Did I tell you all that when I came in here and I saw that the Lord had been working the way that he was on that Sunday? On that Sunday night, when I walked in here, I already knew by the Spirit... That the Lord wanted me to step back and make sure that I didn't touch what he was doing. Amen. Do you know why I didn't want to touch what he was doing? Why I felt like the Lord was leading me that way? Because I have been a part of the moving of the spirit. I've, been, I've, been, I've seen revival. I've flown, in, flow, flown with revival in a previous season. And I know, behold, he does a new thing. And I know that in order to navigate that new thing, I'm going to have to perceive it or I'm going to have to discern what he's doing by the Spirit. Do you know it'd be much easier for you to discern what God's getting ready to do next than it is for me to discern what God's getting ready to do next? You know why? Because I've been exposed to a pattern and a way of of God doing something. He raised me up to do so. Now you know what? This thing that happened over here and that was happening all over this. Listen, I had to step back because God hadn't done that. I've never been to a place where God did that with us. Where people just prayed and praised. Never had that happen. Never been a part of a meeting where people came from all over the world to participate in that meeting because they were hungry for what God was doing in that particular meeting. So I told Annie, I said, Annie, I want you to take the lead on this. I want you to take the reins. I, I sent Miss Rhonda a text. I said, Miss Rhonda, if you hear the Holy Ghost say something to you, you be feel free. Uh, I I just heard crickets on the other end, but it's okay. I understand. I just because we was because you get nervous, you get nervous. Does anybody else get nervous when you I get hate. in the presence of God? I get nervous. I'm like I don't want to mess anything up. But I knew this, I knew that someone else that was here had maybe had a better chance, maybe not, but I thought there's a possibility that they have a better chance of hearing something that maybe I'm incapable of hearing, simply because of what I've been involved with. Do you, do you know a lot of the reasons why, they, I was watching, um, Michael will relate to this, when you're a pilot, you watch a lot of programs about plane crashes, and the reason you do is because you want you want to be Jesus scared out of you every now and again. You want to make sure that when you get in an aircraft, you're not getting in there and getting in there with a stupid mindset. Boy, that's right. Most most airline crashes. I in a there was a particular uh, airline. I think it was either Korean. Some, some, some uh, Asian airline was having a, a lot of, of uh, accidents. I mean, bad ones because it's an airline and they had passengers and hundreds of people were being killed in these accidents. And do you know what they found the reason was for the accidents? The reason for the accidents was that in an emergency situation, um, even though uh, there, there are two pilots, there's the captain and then there's the first officer. Of course, the captain is the top dog. The first officer is there to do whatever the captain says. But in this particular airline, there was there was uh, there was such a uh, a um, there was such a big gap between those that were captains and those that were first officers that planes were crashing because the first officers were afraid to, to say anything to the captain about mistakes that were being made in the in the in the process you know there an, an accident is a series of of links in a chain and the first officer because of the hierarchy was afraid to break one of those links in the chain to prevent the accident and so they'd end up a smoking crater in the ground with people dead because They were afraid of that. And uh, those those captains, they're 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 being introduced to new aircraft that the first officers have more training on than they do. New things. New things. So you know what they had to do? They had to do a bunch of retraining. That's what I'm trying to do right now. That's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to do some retraining. (laughs) Amen. I'm trying, I'm trying to help us to understand. You know what? There, I'll, I'll be honest with you. This isn't the shoutingest bunch of material you're, you're, you're ever going to hear. This isn't going to want to raise you up to your feet and have you shout your head off. But I'm going to tell you right now, in the environment of revival and when the fire of God is falling, you're going to, glad that, you're going to be glad that you had a pastor that took the time to tell you these things because you're not going to be the idiot that crashes into the ground and becomes a smoking crater. Amen. Amen. Sometimes there are people that are more qualified to be at the controls than I am. But pastor, you do such a good... Listen, that's not insecurity. When I say stuff like that, that's not insecurity. You know, I used to hate that. When I would, t- when I would get up, when Pastor Ward was, was, was with us, and I'd get up and I would praise Pastor Ward and talk about how a great, what a great teacher, what a great preacher. I thought he was, and boy, I thought he, I said, you know, he could pastor better than I could. And everybody would go, oh, Pastor, don't say that. You're doing, a, you're doing a fine job. You know, most people might say that out of a place of insecurity. I was just stating facts. I'm not insecure about it. The dude had more years in pastoring than I had. He better be better at it than I am. Listen, someone has pastored 10 years and you pastored a year, that old boy better have better experience than you have. Amen. Amen. I tell you, I hope, I hope Pastor Mikey understood I was way better at Holy Ghost meetings than he was. Because that's all I did for... Th- 30 plus years. Go right. ahead. May not turn out to now. Don't get, I'm not being crazy. I'm just spitting facts here. It's that's that's not a that's not a, now. See what, what people will take is that first statement was a statement of insecurity and the second statement was a statement of arrogance. No, those are two fact statements. Go ahead. If I start working at the Museum of the Bible tomorrow, I can't, I can't assume that I'm, I can do it better than Rhonda. Right. right. Amen. <laughs> Annie's been working for the state of Oklahoma 30 years doing payroll. She started out statistical uh, analysis. Fun, fun, fun. Wouldn't it be silly if I assumed never, never having worked in that environment that I could go into that environment and do it better than her? Or that I? But see, in, in church, we're that way. Well, the Holy Spirit. Well, yeah, the, the Holy Spirit, he works, but he works with us. Right. Right. And what he'll do through us will be powerful and it'll be awesome, but it may not be on the level of people that have experience and have experienced and walked in that place. Go ahead, man. And so, you know, Pastor Annie, she hadn't, she hadn't had the opportunity to get over there in some of them places we've been. So this was something that was, it was f- familiar to her, but it wasn't something that she encountered all the time. That's right. Now, some of y'all said, I've never encountered that. You know what? Some of you may never encounter anything like that. I, I, I hate to tell you that, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. <laughs> some of you may never Ever encounter that because it's not a necessary component of what God has for you. You know what? You you will not hear that taught in charismatic Pentecostal circles. They're going to tell you every one of us here. Everybody get in. Everybody get in. Well, that that means different things to different people. Whenever I was, whenever Ted and I, we one time uh, there was a fellow that came to uh, South Oklahoma City. His name is Randy Clark. And Randy Clark came to a church in South Oklahoma City, and Ted and I, we went over there because we heard they were having Holy Ghost meetings, and we're Holy Ghost people. So we go to this Randy Clark meeting, and it was, listen, we walked in, and this guy was playing the guitar. They were praising God, and I don't know what this dude was, was singing before, but he was up there, and we walked in just in time for him to be like, you know, he's singing in the spirit. We love you, we love you, we love you, Lord. Oh, we love you. People are drunk in the Holy Ghost. People are laughing. People are laid out on the floor. People are laid back with their heads back in their chairs. Oh, oh, oh. he's like, oh, we love you. We love you. And then he breaks out. He loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's singing a Beatles song. He loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. I was like, cool. Spirit of God fell, Spirit of God, fell. but anyway, he was like, he was telling, he's like, um, he got up, Randy Clark got up, and he said, "We're gonna have some testimonies tonight of people. You know, there's some people, there, there are people all around. We sat, there's people all around us, maybe, maybe 800 people. Oh yeah, and uh, we have got there really late. So anyway, um, he says, uh, there's some people here we want them to testify." about the Lord filling people's teeth with silver and gold when they ministered to him. And Ted and I looked at each other. Because, you know, it's not often that you hear of that happening. So we looked at each other. Well, you know why we looked at each other? We looked at each other because it was like, come on, Jesus. Now the people behind us, when they saw us look at one another like that, we began to hear them chit-chat behind us. Oh boy, they they don't know what's coming. Thinking that we are looking at each other because we don't believe in what they just said. Or because we're not acquainted with or familiar with anything like that. Right. And so, and so the, the more they talked and people testified. In fact, the guy, the, the, here I am. We just got out of a meeting where people got fillings in their teeth. Okay. To be in that meeting. I mean, we, we had just ministered to people and saw the Lord fill their teeth with silver and gold. Wow. So we're, we're sitting in that meeting. And them people behind us, the more the service goes on, as, as they're test- these people are testifying, people get to shouting and getting drunk in the spirit. And Ted and I are looking over at one another. And Ted's looking at me. We're looking at each other wide-eyed, but not because we're freaking out. We're, we're, we're just like, man, we're, we're, this is our element right here. Wow, yeah. And, and uh, the guy behind her reaches up, pats me on the shoulder and said, it'll be all right. He'll be okay, like to soothe me, to, you know, to, to pacify me, to calm me down. And so they had everybody stand up, and everybody stood up, and it was hard for you know when you when you don't come in on a meeting early enough, you're not quite in that flow, you know. And so everybody else is lathered up, and Ted and I we're just trying to get under the spout, you know. And so uh, you know people are acting out, and they're getting they're getting wild, they're getting. And finally, this couple behind us says, "We we better help these." They they said that I could. They said that to one another. The guy says to this woman, "We better help these guys out in front of us before they end up running out of the building." Hey, listen, we want to help you all. We know that you're freaking out over what's going on, and and I said, oh, I I said, yeah, I mean, uh, this is so crazy. (laughs) This is so crazy. I said, this crazy, isn't it, Ted? Ted's like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. It's, oh, it's, praise the Lord, Amen. And they're like, well, have you ever, have you ever received the baptism in the Holy Ghost? Have you ever received the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues? Listen, we just... <laughs> Ted went to Ted went to laugh. Ted went to laugh. And I go, I said, I, I think so. I think I have. I said, I, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. They said, well they said, you can't think so. You got to know. So have you ever spoke? And they were, I mean, they were right, but I was messing with them. Have you ever spoke with tongues? I said, well, you know, I grew up in a house where they spoke in Spanish and, and they, you know, I, I, I just, I just, I just, I was drawing it out, you know, drawing it out. I said, but you know, I did, I said, I did get born again in a Mennonite church. And, uh, I said, I got filled with the Holy Ghost in that same Mennonite church. I said, I spoke with other tongues in that Mennonite church. I was called into the ministry at 16 in that Mennonite church. And I've been preaching the gospel for 20, 28 years. And I said, these things they were testifying about tonight is the first time we've heard of it happening outside of our meetings. I said, so we, I said, you don't have to worry about us. I said, we are, we, we are with you. Uh, I said, we're just trying to catch the wave. And they, know, they did. I don't think they believed us. Do you know why? Because we weren't acting like them. Because we weren't acting like them. Come on. It's a dangerous thing to judge what God's doing in the life of an individual based on what you see. Listen, I've done it before looking at a crowd. Y'all hear me do it sometimes when I'm like, come on, y'all. Amen. Amen. And y'all are like, dude, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, y'all are, y'all are always trying to encourage me. No, pastor, we was just getting it. We was just, we was soaking it in or, or whatever. But you know, sometimes we, that's what we get. Uh, we allow ourselves to become obsessed with is what we think we're seeing with our eyes. And your eyes are a very poor indicator of what God, of what God is doing by the spirit. Amen. And sometimes, you know, when, when when the Holy Spirit is working in you and moving in you, you know, some of you, you sense the presence of God. You, How many of you have been aware of God's presence these, these past several months as we've been gathering? Maybe you didn't get wrecked. But you know what? When Annie got wrecked, you were aware he was here. G- guess what? Do you know you're doing better than most people? Sometimes where we get shipwrecked is when we say... Well, Lord, you got to do it with me and if you don't, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I get wrecked? Now, when you become aware of his presence and you entertain his presence. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, where did I tell you, John chapter 20? Is this I know I'm I'm kind of covering the same same thing I covered on a Sunday a little bit, but let's let's get into some of this here. And, and some of it I'm 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 not so you're, you're, you're definitely going to, you all are definitely going to, uh, um, there are some things that you're going to catch on too quick. Revival y'all are going to ke- our church is a revival church. We're not going to be a revival church. We are a revival church. It's not coming. It's here. Uh, are we experiencing the revival of the last days? Well, we're, we're in the precursor phases. We're in the beginning phases of God preparing us for that great uh, awakening, that great outpouring of the spirit. But uh, again, understand this. Some of y'all still don't know yet. You're a revival church, but you still don't know yet what you're getting into. You, you still not yet. You have not yet discerned what you're what you're messing with. What some of us we prayed for, we don't understand what we prayed for. That's right. Go ahead now. Oh, yeah. Now let's read verse 24, chapter 20, verse 24. I want to show you how their people experience different things in the word uh, than other people. Uh, now, Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So Jesus showed up. He appeared to his disciples earlier in this chapter, and when they saw him, they were elated, excited. They were beside themselves because the Lord had, uh, had shown up. But Thomas wasn't there. Who knows where he was at? Um, he might have been at the buffet. But anyway, so the, others, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. So you see, Thomas, I was, I was with an old preacher one time, and he started telling me this whole deal. He said, you know, Thomas got a bad rap. They called him Doubting Thomas. He said, but you know, Thomas, really what he was looking for was his own personal encounter with Jesus. Those other disciples had had a personal encounter with Jesus, but he hadn't had a personal encounter with Jesus. Now the Lord was, you know, he did, uh, the Lord was trying to encourage him not to be believing just because he saw him and whatnot, but verse 26 says, eight days later, his disciples were inside again. Thomas was with them. Of all the doors were locked, Jesus came stood among them, said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, have you believed because you have seen? Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. So um, you see here that Thomas had a different, Thomas had a different experience than the other disciples had. He didn't have the same experience that the others had. You know what, church? I believe we made a huge mistake. I believe we've made a huge mistake and given people an unrealistic expectation. I mean, here I am in my mid-50s. And all through, I wish, I'd known, I wish I'd known this. I wish I'd known this in my 20s. I wish I'd have realized and discerned these things in my 20s. But I think we've done more harm to the body of Christ as Pentecostal charismatic people in the, in the last 20 years, whatever it's been, or last 30 years, than we helped. And here, here's, here's why I believe that. I was listening to Brother Hagen one day, and he, he said this. He said, I couldn't believe that when I heard him say this, I couldn't believe it. I had to rewind and listen to it again. But he said, he said back, he said back, when I, back in the 60s, back in the 60s, I was born in the 60s, 68. When they went to the, when they go to the moon 68, that's when they went, yeah. Um, or they, they did something that way. But in 1968 is when I was born. But he said in the 60s, when they would have revival services, do you know, what, do you know how they would, would determine whether they were in revival or not? They said if they had four or five people get born again, they knew they were in revival. They knew that they were having a move of the Spirit. He said if they had one or two people baptized in the Holy Ghost, they would extend the meeting for a while. Because if they had one or two baptized in the Holy Ghost, it was a gully washer. y'all do y'all know what a gully washer is a gully washer is a big time move of the spirit (laughs) they were having a big time move of the spirit he said he said that was extraordinary that was extraordinary in those days it he said that they they were really in revival i I listened to that and i thought wait a minute nowadays if you if you don't have 40 or 60 people make decisions then you haven't you know you know the difference between what happened with Brother Hagan in his time and what's happening with us now. They had four people that really got born again. We have 60 people that pray to sinner's prayer. Are y'all hearing me? Now we've, we've, we've gotten what, what and this, this is how that hap- this is how that happens is that God moves by his spirit. God moves by his spirit, and he starts working by his spirit. and Brother Hagin has four or five people that got saved and two people that got baptized in the Holy Ghost. and um, you know uh, uh, evangelist, evangelist Yehu sees that. Sees what happened in Brother Hagin's meeting and is like, man, if he can have a move of God, we can have a move of God. Just, it's just like what's happening today. Man, we're gonna, we're gonna have us, we're gonna have us 20 decisions this week. And pretty soon they're pushing, they're not pushing for a real life change in people. They're not pushing for a real move of the spirit. Now they're just pushing to have 20 people because Brother Hagin had four. And then pretty soon, well, we're gonna have 50. Well, you know, Jimmy Swagger had 100. Well, you know what? We're going to have 200. Until finally, they've got, they've got thousands of people responding to altar calls and the church never growing. For all the people that are getting saved, boy, the church sure isn't growing any. Annie, Annie was asking me about these things. She's like, she's asking me about revival, about the moving of the Spirit. She, she asked me this. She says, why don't we have a Winter's Church? Why haven't we had a, why, what, what are we doing wrong that we, God won't give us extended meetings? I said, what makes you assume that we're doing anything wrong? I've never believed we're doing anything wrong. I think it's possible we're not Ready? I think it's possible that we might put it in the ditch. Possible. I'm not saying that's a certain thing. I don't, I don't really know. The Lord's not giving me any insight. Or it could be possible that God will never do that here. Because he don't need to do that here. And we might be trying to push God into doing something that he never intended on doing with us in this church. you know what i never went and preached at another church and said we're going to have extended meetings come hell or high water bless god we're gonna we're gonna push press in until we get something no we don't do that when we go to a place the only reason we go and stay is by, because the spirit told us and the spirit has never told us to stay at every place in that way are y'all are y'all all right So when I'm, when I'm, you know, when we're, when we're thinking about that, when we're thinking on these things, you, you, have, to, you have to think on those things rightly, church. Exactly. Now, you know what? Should we, should, we, should we ask God for it? Sure. There's nothing wrong with asking. What things soever you desire when you pray. Now be ready to hear whatever it is that he wants to tell you. Because, you know, he might show up and say to you, I need for you to quit praying that way. or he might say keep on keep on but you know what it's the spirit that determines those those things amen you know why some people don't want to you know why some people don't want to come to church here because it's not the same every week I mean, it's the same as far as worship. It's the same as far as the same spirit shows up. But people, we don't have fire tunnels every week. We're not prophesying over, prophesying over people uh, every week. We're not slapping people on the head every week. People aren't getting laid out every week. I mean, nowadays, we're, people want to have these marathon meetings. And if, well, if, if it's a marathon meeting, that God's really moving. If it's not a marathon meeting. See, I'm all for the moving of the spirit. For the manifestation of the Holy Ghost, but the manifest—the very nature of the manifestation of the Spirit is that the Spirit does as He wills, say as He wills, as he wills. not as you will, as He wills. Boy, that's right. That means sometimes you're going to get up and and uh, and things are going to happen in a particular way, and other times it's not going to happen that way. You know, sometimes God's going to show up, and you're not going to be there. There might be a day y'all roll in here and there'll be about five people in here wrecked. And they're going to stand up. They'll be glowing. You're going to be like this. You'll be, I mean, literally, they'll be set ablaze with the fire of God. You'll feel the radiating presence off of these people and you'll be like, man. Uh, dude, I can't look at you for the glory of God I see on you. Yeah, Jesus showed up in here. You know, you know what your flesh is going to want to do? What's wrong with you that he couldn't show up for you? But that's not what it's about. I want to show you. You want to go to another verse? Let's go to another verse. Some of you, you need to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Matthew chapter 17. I'm gonna show you this. It's in the Bible. Matthew chapter 17. See now nowadays people are making everybody believe that we can all have the same experiences, the same encounters, have the same manifestations, have the same in fact we get, we get, we line people up to ha- to get them into the same experience we have. Right. I'm going to tell you uh, 99 90% of that is just well meaning people getting in the in their in their emotions. Right. right, right. Go ahead, Most of the joy that we see manifest, you know what, when Brother Rodney came and that joy broke out the way that it did, when we had that joy breaking out, it broke out, but it was as the Spirit willed. Joy would hit about four or five, the joy of the Lord, Holy Ghost drunkenness, the holy laughter, laughter that was a manifestation of the Spirit would hit about four or five people in the meeting. Everyone would laugh, but it was only about four or five that were manifesting the Holy Ghost. But everybody would laugh. Why would everyone laugh? Well, because it's hilarious. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with laughter. Bible says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Amen. The Bible talks about our, uh, the, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Amen. You know, when someone's laughing, it's probably appropriate to laugh with them. But you know what we did? We called every bit of the laughter that was happening the Holy Ghost. We said it was all the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you right now, it never was all the man. It never was. And I'm not trying to knock it, but not every bit of what was going on was the Holy Ghost. We weren't going to stop and talk about it right then either. Because the Spirit of God was moving. We were going to magnify the Lord. And we were going to minimize the flesh. We were going to minimize the devil. But we were going to magnify. See, some people are like, well, why didn't somebody tell me? I'm not going to participate in that anymore. No, listen. You, how many of you would like for God to wreck you with holy laughter? Would that be appropriate to pray for that then? Would it be appropriate? Yes. What if you desire it? The Bible, in fact, the Bible goes on to say, desire the best gifts. Desire the best manifestations. Amen. Joy is a manifestation of the Spirit. Amen. So should you want it? Yeah. Now, will, will you get it just because you want it? Not necessarily. Why? Because those things come as the Spirit. Did you ever see this before? Some of you didn't. <laughs> I'm going to show you this here. Look at what it says. Matthew chapter 17, starting with verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them into a high mountain by themselves. Who did Jesus take with him? Peter, James, and John. How many of those, how many fellas is that? How many do you have traveling with him? So, (laughs) a quarter. A quarter of the people that traveled with him, that lived with him, That left their jobs for him, that left their families for a quarter of those people he took with him. Are y'all seeing this? And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good. (laughs) It is good that we are here. (laughs) Listen, that's what you ought to say when you're in one of them places. It is good that we are here. Amen. If you wish, I will make three tents. Uh, here, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Uh, he was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them saying, Rise, have no fear. What was what was their reaction? You, it's a... I'm about to throw my glasses at y'all. Their reaction was the same as your reaction. It is good that we're here. Look at what's happening right now. Man, I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. I better build a tent. I better make an altar. I better do something. I got to repent. I got to, my people which are called by my name will humble the death. See, they went, through the, they went through the same thing, everybody, and, 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 and almost nearly nobody is taking the lessons that God's word gives us and applying it to their lives right now saying, now look, look at y'all, this is what we need to do right here. You know what? If God wanted the whole church on their knees uh, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, guess what? Everybody would have been on their knees every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But there are different different services, and there are different manifestations, and there are different activities. There are... But it's the same Holy Ghost. (laughs) Does that mean we ought to rest on our laurels and sit around here and say, well, Lord, if, if it be thy will, O oh God. Lord, if you want to do it, I'm, I'm right here. I'm not going to press in much because I'm not sure what you really want. No, we press in. We expect, you know you know what I want you to expect? I want you to expect that the Lord will show up here and we'll have nonstop meetings end on end, day after day, week after week, month after month until the whole entirety of the city of Oklahoma City is shaken and rocked for the glory of God. But you know what? If that turns out that that's not what he wants to do, we're not going to get our drawers in a bunch. We're going to be like, well, Lord, whatever it is that you want to do, we're going to be about it. We're not going to wait for you to do that before we get excited. We're not going to wait for you to do that before we accept what your word says you've already done. Amen. Amen. He said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Whether well, the disciples heard this. They felt that they were terrified. But Jesus came to us and said, rise, have no fear. Don't be afraid. Listen, the thing I don't want y'all to be is, aff- some of y'all, the first thing you do is you get terrified. You get afraid that you're going to miss out. How in the heck do you think you're going to miss out? You, you left it all. You left it all to follow him. Well, I'm still into nonsense. And you were were into more nonsense before. If you were in more nonsense before this and you're in less nonsense now, how much sense does it make that it would be easier for him to reach you now than it was for him to reach you before? You lived in gross darkness before. Now you're living in the light. And now that you're living in the light, you're going to miss it? Once you were aliens, alienated, the Bible says, you were the children of darkness. But now you're children of light. Now you have, you're at more risk now than you were then? Do you really think that he rescued you only to bring you this far and say, no, nope. done with you. Oh, see, that's the flesh. That's the devil. You know what? You don't have to mimic what you see happening all over this country. Do you know why? Because God don't want you... God don't want you mimicking something He's done for somebody else. You know what He wants you to do? He wants you to believe that He's going to do with you what He intends on doing with you. And not just, not just a little bit, but com- completion. Com- completion. Could this... Could this could this be why I'm preaching this? Because God wants to complete some things and the only way that he can complete them is if we realize that we don't have to mimic and copy off of somebody else but we can wait on him and rest in him and have our faith in him knowing that he will do with us that he will finish the work that he started in us. Boy, I am preaching right now. Oh I, I no, Michael, do you have a question or something? Or, I'm, yeah, amen. Before Michael, before Michael says this, let me read the rest of this. It says, and as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, said, tell no one of this vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Not only did they have an experience, he said, don't tell nobody about it until I'm gone. Those old boys rolled up on the other. Glory. Oh, Glory to God. They rolled up on the other nine. They say, hey, man, where y'all been? Oh, we, we was with Jesus. And then under their breath, they're like, and Moses and Elijah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the fire that those guys must have had after that moment? Oh,
2: Jesus. Anyway. I mean, would it be safe to say that it's just, e- it's well, not easier, but it's just better to, uh, 'Cause I guess I've seen that here, like I guess I've seen that what you we were talking about here within us, you know. Um he got in it and I and I didn't feel nothing. They were all in I didn't feel nothing and this and that whatsoever. And I'm there a lot of times but I don't really think of it like that. Right. You know, I'm just like oh, I didn't feel nothing, I don't care, you know, but I, I guess it'd be it'd be better I guess, uh to uh I'm trying to word this right. Um wouldn't it be better just to be on a continuous, personal, intimate relationship on a day to daily basis to where you're in that place day to day because you've put in that time, you've put in the sacrifice, you've, you've, you're dying to yourself to spend time with him so that when we do come into corporate prayer, when we come, do come to worship together corporately, you can discern and if there is that flow of the spirit it's just a lot easier to f- you to get in it. and whether you want to get in up to your knees or you want to get up to your chest that's totally up to you Amen. On what you're deciding to do but it's good since you're already there every day you could be like oh there he is and you feel that flow already because yeah. you're used to it and so it's not a big deal whether or not you didn't feel it or not because if you are in it every day you're used to that. It's something you're, you're, you're familiar with. So if you abide in him day in and day out, when you come together, as we should, and we all do it as we did, um, and we all did, then I believe we could truly get in one accord, and that presence and that empowering anointing could come in even a stronger for us. Amen.
0: Yes, sir. You're right on. You know, Annie, one of the things Annie was telling me was she's like, I feel like that I'm getting so busy that I'm neglecting something that I really wanted to do and I don't want to lose that. And, and I was like, well, and 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 you have to it really is just a, a a a process of changing your mind to to think the way that we know that the word of God teaches us to think. So I said I said to Annie, she's like, "I'm I don't want to lose it." I said, "Well, did you did what did you do something different to bring it? I mean, did you like say a special prayer? Did you present yourself in a special way to the Lord that you hadn't been doing before? She's like, no, man, I just got up to close the service and I got wrecked. She said, she said, you know, he told me he was going to do it two years ago. Get this, y'all. Annie, Annie, the Lord, two years ago, the Lord talked to Annie right after we got in this building, wasn't it, Sugar? It was, was or was it just before? It was either just before we came in here or right when we got in here, the Lord told her, he said, I'm coming. He said it just like that, didn't he? He said, I'm coming. She knew what it meant because she's been in those meetings where I was like, y'all get ready. Something's getting ready to happen. She, she'd been in one or two of those meetings. So she knew she knew what he meant. I'm coming. That's what he tells me. And he, he says it just like that. Almost like he's an okie. I'm a coming. And she, she told me, she said, she said, she said, babe, I'm feeling it, man. I feel like God's getting ready to do something. I said, man, me too. I'm with you. I'm, I'm sensing it in my two, two years ago, folks, two years ago. And for two years every Sunday, for two years every Sunday, we came thinking we're right on the brink. It was like we'd wiggled the doorknob, but the door would never open up. But here's the thing. These things happen by the, the will of God, by the Spirit. And so when he rolled up in here, <laughs> Annie got wrecked. I said, So did you do anything different, special? No, no. I said, Okay, so if you didn't do anything special and he rolled up in here, what makes you think that you, by doing something special, can keep him doing this? Go ahead, man. If it wasn't anything that you did that brought him, how could anything that you do keep him? When we were kids, we never ate out. Not McDonald's, not nothing. They, my parents, they didn't have no money. I mean, we, was, we, was, we, was, we weren't even poor. We was poe. We couldn't afford the last OR. We was poe. A Little Caesars pizza came into town. I remember when they were building that Little Caesars. Back then, they had pizza pizza. You bought one and you got one. Yeah. Y'all remember that? Yeah. Two pizzas you got. Of course you was paying for them. It tastes like cardboard, but anyway, uh, but we, we'd never seen nothing. We were like, and my dad, my dad came home. He was like, "Hey, they got a place over here. They got pizzas, two pizzas. You buy one pizza you get two pizzas. I guess they, he thought it was a good deal. I remember I was like, "Are we gonna? Are we going to have pizza?" Are we going to have pizza? And we don't have to break it out of the freezer? Stick it in the oven? It's not Totino's? You know, I was like, man, Daddy, you go get some pizza? Let's order the pizza. He ordered one of them pizzas. Oh, man. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. I had waited my whole life. Listen, when Little Caesars, and I know Anna like Little Caesars. (laughs) <laughs> you like a little Caesars don't you <laughs> but you know I hadn't had no other pizzas I, little Caesars man I was just like it was, it was like heaven it was like heaven but you know what my, as much as I may have wanted my dad to buy pizza every night it wasn't up to me whether he was going to have pizza every night. Yeah. Nothing that I did got him to get that pizza. On, and nothing that I was going to do was going to keep him getting that pizza. Right. That's up to him. Right. Well, I'm I'm preaching. <laughs> Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Now listen, don't get me wrong. You need to push for God. When the spirit of God shows up, you need to do everything you do to get in. You know what? You know what, Jess? If the, if the spirit of God breaks out up here, uh, up front, people are getting joy. And, you, and you're you like, man, I need that joy. You need to go sit in the lap of the person that's getting joy if it's a female. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe's like, I, I concur, I concur. <laughs> Let's keep it appropriate. You know what I'm saying? But uh, if, if Pastor Annie's laid out here and some of y'all are like, Lord, I want that, you know, you could have come up here, you know, appropriately and, and gotten down there and been like, ooh, yes, Jesus, I'm here. And you know, sometimes the Lord will break out and he'll get it. he'll get people like he'll, he'll touch people like that. Oh, yeah. I was in a meeting in Edgerton where one side of the, there were 200 people on this side of the congregation, another 200 people on this side. God touched this side, these 200 people, and they were getting wrecked. I mean, it was literally Holy Ghost pandemonium on this side. While this other side just looked at me like, what's going on? And I could tell they were irritated. I said, listen, y'all, if I wanted some of that, I'd get over there. I mean, y'all are on the wrong side, obviously. Get over here. Maybe that'll affect something. Oh, yeah. And some of them did. Some of them abandoned their seats on one side, went to the other side. Some people that maybe they wouldn't have got, gotten something from the Lord had they not gotten over there. But see, those, those moments are moments in God. Can I show you one other scripture and then we'll be, then I'll let you ask any questions that you might have. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, and this is Paul talking, he says, I go on boasting, though there's nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ, he's talking about himself here, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that, he can't, that, that cannot be told, which man may not utter. He's talking about himself. He had an encounter with God that no one else had. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This isn't, I don't know that this is true or not, but there's a man that Ted, Ted went and heard him preach. I never heard him, but Ted told me this story. I don't even know if Ted remembers this. But there was a man, his name's Percy Collette, he died and went to heaven. Percy Collette, now I'd never seen this guy, but Percy Collette came back testifying that when he went to heaven, one of the first things that happened when he went to heaven is he saw this beautiful horse. And when he, when he walked up to this horse, this horse, he started petting on it like he would a horse in the, you know, on the earth. And he said, as he started petting on this horse, this horse turned its head toward him, looked at him and said, glory to God. Now, you know what? I don't know whether Mr. Ed's in heaven or not. <laughs> I, I have heard testimonies of other people saying that animals in heaven have the ability to speak. Uh, I don't know that that's true. Again, I'm just telling you the, the story there. But he said he was walking with the Lord or with an angel or something on the streets of heaven and he said they they were gold the streets were gold but they were translucent translucent gold like the bible describes you could see through the gold it was so pure but he said it was pristine everything was perfect there was not one flaw in the entire city of heaven he said so there was one place that stuck out that was flawed He said the reason that it stuck out is because there wasn't a flaw in heaven. There was just one place that stuck out. He said he walked over to it. Am I getting this right, Ted? He said he walked over to it and he looked down at it. He said, and it was the footprint of a man. In the street of gold, a footprint of a man. And whoever was with him, the Lord or an angel, whatever, he said, it was Jesus. He said, Jesus, what is that? He said, you remember when Paul said he was caught up into the third heaven? Whether in the body or out of the body, he didn't know. But he said there were things that he couldn't utter. He said, he said I let his footprint remain there so he would know he was here. Oh, yeah. Now, is, is that true? Is that right? I don't, I don't know. But I do know this. Paul had something happen to them. You, him, you hadn't had it happen to you. That's right. And you know what? Maybe, you, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe one day, Carolyn, maybe, maybe we'll get to heaven. There'll be a little Carolyn print right there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn will roll up in here and say, God touched me. I can't tell y'all nothing about it. But we'll, I mean, one day we'll go to heaven and there'll be two flaws in the streets of gold. One Carolyn, one person he called. Maybe, maybe that'll be, maybe that be, but that's what I'm showing you here in scripture is that there are things that God, that he does with some that he doesn't do with others. And we, and we have to be careful that we don't go trying to, you know, uh, do like some do and end up getting in the flesh because we're trying to get God to do something for everybody that he didn't intend to do for everybody. Go ahead now. Amen. <sighs> Amen. You know, there are some things that he's done, and he's done for some... Now, have I seen entire services, entire, entire congregations of people get wrecked by the power of God? Yeah, that's what he intended to do. But you know what? I couldn't, I couldn't make God do that the next day. God's going to do whatever it is that he wants to do. And so when we... we got, uh, I, I don't want you all to not be... Sensitive to the spirit, you know, if something goes on like uh, Asbury or something like that, I- I'm surprised that none of you jumped in a, in your car or in a, you know on an airplane and went. You know, I don't know, I didn't know why you didn't go or what it was, but uh, I, my hope is is that if you do something like that, that you'll be led by the Spirit to go. You're not going to get any opposition from me. In fact, if somebody had said they was going, I might have said, okay, well, yeah, let me go with you. Because I'd like to go. Then again, maybe the Lord had been like, boy, stay away. Yeah, I don't know. I never got to that point. I never sensed in my spirit I needed to have anything. In fact, I kind of felt like I needed to stay away because that didn't have nothing to do with me. God didn't want me meddling in their business. God was doing something, and he didn't need someone that... He didn't need anybody to upset the apple cart. But the Spirit of God breaks out at the gate. Revival breaks out at the gate. The Holy Ghost is moving at the gate. You know what? We'll probably end up at the gate. Go ahead, man. I mean, if it's that close, if it ain't happening here and it's at the gate, 10 minutes down the road, are you kidding me? Amen. Now, there's some people that call, they call different stuff Revival that that we're not just going to jump in on everything we're not we're just not going to do it you know why because about 90% most of the time of what people call revival call the moving of the spirit is not that at all it's just people getting they're well meaning and they'd be they'd be good if they just said what it was you know what god's spirit is moving and we're getting happy about it oh no that's the holy ghost look at the holy ghost well, you know, if it's the Holy Ghost, yes, let's point at it. Let's look at it. Let's magnify. But if it ain't the Holy Ghost, let's not try to get people worked up. If you get joy, praise God, you get joy. Jump in. Try to, you know, if you need it, try to get it. Prime the pump. ha, 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 ha. ha, 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 ha. You know, you may you may not ever get in the spirit. You may just get a laugh because Ted is silly. But you know what? Does it is it hurting you? No, it's not hurting you. It's helping you. That's medicine. Praise God. It's helping you in a lot of ways. Praise the Lord. It may not be because the spirit is manifesting in you, but manifesting in somebody else. But uh yeah, I think uh I think that um the Lord is trying to complete something in us, and in order for it to be completed, we've got to hone in more on what it is that the Spirit is doing, and not try to call everything that's going on the Spirit. Again, we don't. That's not that we rebuke the stuff that is not, you know, that we perceive as not God either. You don't, and you don't, you don't get all resistant, and be like, "Ah, this is just the flesh. Ah, the devil's working here." Yeah, you know what? Devil tries to work up in here. Y'all know that, right? I mean, been, I've seen some people get up under the influence of Satan in this room. They didn't try to. That wasn't their desire. But when God showed up, that's what was on them. And some people got delivered and some people didn't. And I've seen some people get in the flesh. But you know, that's not what we magnify. Well, Pastor, what, what, I'm afraid now to do anything. No, you should, listen. You ought that ought to have been that way the whole time, but that fear shouldn't keep you from being obedient. You know what, Gil? If you hear in your, if you think you hear in your spirit, run. Do not stay in your chair. Run, run. And you know what, y'all. Some of y'all run because the spirit told you to run. Some of you run in just to join him, so he don't feel like he's alone. You know what? Both those things are appropriate. fact in fact if one person dances you know it would be appropriate for all of us to dance with them we might dance our way into the spirit but we ought to be willing to at least follow the leading of the spirit if he's offering one a dance good ch- chances are good he might be offering others a dance if he offered one to run chances are good he might be offering other people to run if, if he if he's pouring out the Holy Ghost drunkenness on one it might, be a, it might be an indicator that he wants to do that for all. You know what? What happened to Pastor Annie? It was safe for us to assume that if he did it with her, he may want to do it with us. And we responded appropriately. You know, here's the question I asked Annie. I said, Annie, are you any less passionate, any less hungry? Are, have your desires changed at all for what, you know, when God touched you and that desire rose in you? I said, are your desires any different? She said, no, I still have that desire. That's why I'm a, I said, well then, just the fact that you, you're, you're working and whatever, that, that, yeah, you know, I'm having to work now. Well, guess what? Every revival that we've had, people ended up having to go back to work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But when they went back to work, they learned how to carry something with them that they hadn't carried with them before. So that's what we want to take out of these moments. We want to glean from these moments the things of the Spirit. Any, any questions? Yes, sir.
1: Um, so I'm going to make this as fast as possible, and I do apologize. Um, I apologize, bro. We're good. Um, okay. I want to say this right. So God, we know this. He has a plan. And when Pastor was saying about me running, um, God was talking to me over here, and he was like, you know, I tell you to do these things so you could step out and show me that you're available. So when you guys see me take off running, that's why, you know, and then, um, that first, when we had revival, you guys know, I'm embarrassed now because I don't think, I was definitely in my flesh that day because I was so, I pressed into God so much, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but, you know, my wife motivates me a lot because she's reading the Bible. We stay up until like two in the morning reading and praying and just listening to, you know, worshiping God and stuff like that, and I was, I put in so much work, and everything happened, and nothing happened to me. And like I I told you guys, I felt like God forgot about me. That's a really dangerous place to be in because God, that's not, that's definitely the devil trying to talk to me. God never forgets about us. He's always there for us no matter what. And he has a plan and a purpose. And the reason why I say that is because when Pastor Annie fell out, I was like, man, that's awesome. Man, I, I, I can't wait till that happens to me. I didn't say I want that now. I was like, I can't wait till that happens to me one day. And then that night when we came back, because um, that morning, he said, speak in tongues loudly. So I did. And then that night when we came back, um, Pastor Annie, he, Pastor, Pastor had Pastor Annie touch, pre- lay hands on everybody. Man, she laid hands on me, and I went to a different world. I was like, this is it. Um, I was wrecked. I was wrecked. I don't even remember much of what happened, but I, but again, that time I spoke in tongues, I didn't realize, I thought I was speaking in English, and I was like, I'm just being loud. But, you know, then uh, Sister Carolyn had uh, an interpretation, and what God was telling me, like, tonight when I was sitting here, he said, "He said if I would have filled you that first uh, revival, you wouldn't have stepped out how you did, and you wouldn't have uh, obeyed me. You wouldn't have spoken in tongues. That word wouldn't have come to fruition, and that word wouldn't have been interpreted for the church. And I was like, wow. You know, so what I want to say is there's a plan and a purpose for everything. Now, you didn't necessarily miss it. Now that I look at it, I didn't necessarily miss it. I, I, I learned so much from that experience, and I learned that to appreciate what's going around in my surroundings, to be happy Of what's going on because my time your time will come and it might not come I don't know but we're all in God's grace and he's going to bless us no matter what so just be obedient definitely press in my wife was a lot she was telling me um not harsh but she was like you just need to suck it up and go and then Tyler and Ayla yeah you just need to keep pressing in Tyler and Ayla they did it in a very much sweeter way which I appreciate a lot but um, just keep pressing in. Seriously, this is, you know, what God was like, you need to say, keep pressing in. Don't give up. There's a plan and a purpose for what he's doing. And you're part of, you know, you're part of the wheels spinning and the engine going and all that good stuff. So that's all I needed to say. Thank Amen. You.
3: Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to share something that the Lord shared with me last year. And I told pastor, but I don't I didn't tell anybody else. And... Um, It was one morning, a Sunday morning that we were worshiping and I was pressing in. I think we had came out of some meetings somewhere. I don't know which ones, but I was pressing in here because, you know, you go to other churches and God's doing things there. And he is like what he's doing here is so, so different. Um, But it's awesome. And he has a plan for each fellowship too you know as a whole but then as as a fellowship and for us specifically and so that morning I was here and I was pressing in and I was pressing in and it was like I came to the point where I thought for sure that the Lord was about to show up like he showed up for me in revival in Newcastle like and because you once you've been to that place you know the way or I didn't know how I got there before but once you've been there you recognize you recognize the residue before you get there. And so, um, and so I'm there, and I'm right there at the door. And the Lord's like, I'm not doing it for you and not with them. And he was talking about the church. He was talking about the rest of us. And that morning was rough, I think, in worship. But it was just one of those times that it was just a rough Sunday morning. But I was so disappointed because I'm like, how am I going to get all these people? You know what I mean? Like, I don't have control over that. I don't, But he does, you know? And he's working with all of us. And I would just say, coming out of this season that we've been in, like, just the unity of the Spirit and what God's been doing in all of us and building us is so amazing. And it kind of like, it kind of goes with what Mike said, where, you know, we're all walking with the Lord individually. But when we come together corporately, you know, sometimes he moves a lot of times individually, but there is things he wants to do corporately. And so, um, but it just reminded me when pastors said that, you know, he'll tell you, you know, when you ask and when you press and it's not what he wants to do at that time, he'll show you. And just as pastor's been talking about us um, pushing for extended meetings and, you know, and we have, and Hilda and I have, you know, we have talked about it and things like that, but, you know, it does make so much sense. Um, God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. And so praise the Lord. But I just wanted to share that with you guys, that there is something he is doing with us corporately as well as individually. And we want to be led by the spirit so much to the point where we can recognize those moments and those opportunities. And just like when Pastor said, when the supernatural is happening, because the supernatural is happening with all of us. I mean, we all recognize that and it looks different and it's being translated different in our lives because we're all at different points and we all need different things. And we all have different weaknesses and strengths and things that we need to grow up in and mature in spiritually. But God has it all worked out. And, like, this is the best season to be in as Winner's Church. And I'm super-duper excited for all that God has for us.
4: Um, God's been hitting me hard, real hard. Um, I've struggled a lot with will, your own will and God's will. And coming here, it's been real hard for me to understand when you expectations of whether it be healing or whether it be, you know, what our own desires are. And when you said something about coming prepared um, or pressing in or being willing... It, it, it hit me real, real hard. It was like an opening of a door is when you show up. I'm, I'm, I'm putting so much attention on expectations that I don't want my own expectations, and I get confused when you guys are busy saying, you're healed. You know, and because it says in the Bible, but I'm thinking, well, that's that's also our expectations too. What is God's will? And so I've struggled with it back and forth. And when you said something about being prepared and being willing, you didn't say those words, but you were talking about being here. And um, you have to really push in if you're just kind of going, okay, I'm just here. Right. It, it that's when you when you said <coughs> that it was it was just like boom. And it hit me, and I'd just been in a daze, just sitting here this whole time.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a pressing in that we need to do, a right? pushing forward. You know, there are, there are things, and what I did get into tonight is, is there are things that we can count on in Scripture. Things that doc things that are established doctrine. Um, you can count on established doctrine. For example, you can count on salvation being because uh, you were pierced with conviction. When you're pierced with conviction, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's church doctrine. There's, there's no ambiguity about that. There's no nonsense about that. That's, that is established. Y'all understand that, right? You know what I mean by that. In other words, you're not going to get saved some other way. In other words, you can't say, well, maybe it's the Lord's will for me to go through Muhammad. Because maybe, you know, we, we all know that you can't because Scripture establishes salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Um, so that baptism in the Holy Ghost is an established doctrine. Um, it's not something that we can put in a different form in a different way it's it is what it is baptism baptism is what it is water baptism it's an established doctrine y'all you understand what i'm saying communion established doctrine communion happens one way Um, healing and see this is why we can look at healing differently than what we look at not the gifts of healing just healing in general healing that's been provided and so this might help melody too Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus took stripes on his back so he could be healed. That is a doctrine of the church. That's an established doctrine. Healing is not something that's up in the air. It's already been done. Like, sin's been taken care of. Um, Sickness has been taken care of. Why do you get sick in your body? Well, because sickness will try to come. So when we say, receive your healing and accept your healing, what we're saying is this. Jesus provided for it 2,000 years ago. Now you just need to accept it and receive it. It it belongs to you. It's yours. And we're not going to determine whether we have received it based on how we feel. We're by faith receiving it, calling those things that be not as though it was done. That's faith. Faith says it's done. Faith doesn't say it's gonna happen. Faith says it happened because of what Jesus did. You're not you're not gonna be forgiven of your sins. You are forgiven. You're not going to be healed. You were healed, so so that that aspect. Now, gifts of healing, he may or may not manifest gifts for the purpose of. That's 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 different than what we're talking about with you. Gifts of healing are when the Holy Spirit is manifesting healing uh, supernaturally, miraculously, miraculous, supernatural healing as He will, like a uh, instantaneous healings where uh, when the gifts of healing are in operation and there are 25 people that are sick in the room the potential for all 25 of those people to be instantly healed in that moment is there where when you exercise your faith for healing like right now I'm exercising faith for healing myself I'm exercising faith for healing in my body I don't see it manifested in my physical body yet but I've accepted what he said It belongs to me I'm not lying to myself. I've just accepted what he said over what's going on in my body. Some people say, Pastor, are you sick? Well, there is sickness that's trying to manifest itself in my body. But I'm I'm rejecting sickness to embrace healing. Now that's but that see, that's a doctrine. And so the difference between doctrines and manifestation is this the manifestation is as he will. Doctrine, his will's already been established. We know that's his will. And so those are the things that we can accept as fact. They're already done. So when it's a doctrine, it's fact. You don't have to pray about, uh, you know, some people are like, I've never been water baptized. I'm praying about whether, I sh- whether the Lord wants me to be water baptized or not. You don't have to pray about that. That's settled. You should get water baptized. You know why? Because Jesus said to be water baptized. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's established. It's established prayer. You don't have to be like, I wonder if I, sh- if, am I supposed to be a prayer? Am I supposed to be one who prays? Lord, is it your will for me to pray? Th- that's a doctrine of the church. That's established. The Bible says men ought to always pray. So uh, that's, that's established. Manifestations of the spirit. Mani- you know what I'm talking about? Manifestations of the spirit. In other words, um, falling out under the power. Drunkenness in the spirit. Um, gifts of healing. Working of miracles, um, prophecy, diverse tongues—not just talking in tongues. Because there's two. There's tongues that comes when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's different than what talks about First Corinthians chapter twelve. First Corinthians chapter twelve is a special gift of tongues, strictly for the purpose of edifying the church. Of it being a, a, a way of communicating a message to the church. Because along with that gift comes the interpretation of those tongues. And so, you know, through prophecy, there's edification, exhortation to cover. So those things uh, aren't established as a doctrine. Those things are manifestations of the Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Spirit is established as a doctrine of the church, but those things manifest as He will and happen as He desires. So there are those things that we don't, they're not up in the air about whether it's the will of God or not. Then there are those things that we have to just follow the leading of the Spirit to find out, Lord, what is it that you want to do in me, for me? And how do we do that? Pressing in. We we have to continually be pressing in, knowing what the Word of God says, applying what the Word of God says, believing what the Word of God says, and as a result, finding what His will is, what His design is, what His desire is. Carolyn, did you have something?
5: Amen. So I'm glad we're talking about these things tonight because Sunday, I did um, leave like wanting God to touch my body, and it was after uh, Ayla received um, a touch from God. I was like, "Man, Lord, I really need you to touch my body." But what happened? I like stayed sitting in my seat because I'm like, "Lord, I'm waiting." But what happened was, he touched me, but it was totally opposite of what I wanted. Yeah. He ministered to me, and he used you best. He gave me what I needed as a father. The manifestation of what I needed as a father came. So the night again, as soon as I walked in the door, I've been (laughs) over (laughs) buzzing because the Lord been. The spirit of God has been touching my body for healing. Thank God. And I just been <laughs> just overwhelmed because um, as we're learning about these things, not only does He give you the desires of your heart, but He gives you really what you need. Cause I was at the time when it happened Sunday. I was like. I didn't even know I you know, as I was driving home, I said, God, I didn't even know I needed that. Because what I thought I needed was a touch in my body. But now I was like, Lord, I was sorry because at first I really had a moment of didn't want them think I wasn't appreciated. But then it hit me like that's what I needed. <laughs> yeah. I needed that for my soul, but tonight he just (laughs) touching my body. and, And so it's like these things right here, and like what the sister was saying, like we're learning how to interpret these things, but it's kind of different. So I just, man, I just thank God because as soon as I've been sitting here walked in the building, like I've been under the power, and I'm like, Nobody's, like, jumping up, saying anything about healing. And I'm, like, over here just, like, <laughs> I'm hot. Like, I'm the... but it's what I needed. Yeah. And, like, he just been. I remember when you had spoke to Zedrick one time in front of the church and you had laid yeah, hands on him. And you was like, sometimes the Lord is working, and when you know that, you need to just yield to it. And so I've just been yielding to it because he's dissolving every <laughs> fibroid. Amen. And I just praise God for it tonight. Thank because God. Because
0: these are things we learn. So praise Amen. God. God. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Amen. Did you understand that melody about doctrine and and uh, manifestations? Yeah, it's two different things, you know. Uh, we we're healed by the stripes of Jesus, but uh, demonstrate the the gifts of healing, the gifts of healing. That's a different thing. Uh, it's it's it is hard to, especially when you've you've not, um, if you've never, if no one ever took you through the, uh, the the under the teaching or the instruction or understanding of it, of of. Um, the differences between what the Word talks about in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and those things like, because people that are, people that uh, aren't, that haven't studied the, that don't take the Word of God and, and study it by looking at the complete, you know, it's hermeneutics. The only way you can really interpret Scripture, you can't interpret Scripture by taking one Scripture. Everybody does it. Everybody takes one Scripture and tries to interpret and determine what a, a one scripture says by just looking at that one scripture. That's why we have a lot of people that say everyone can prophesy, because they took one scripture and said, well, the Bible says everybody can prophesy. But they leave out all the rest of what that says, and they leave out the entirety of the rest of the Bible. You know, one time, I don't know if I told you all this, but one time there was a guy that he said, you know, um, you were know, you, you talking about fivefold ministry apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. You know, that's fivefold ministry apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He said, You need to look at that scripture again. It don't say, you know, it, I, he says, I don't think it's fivefold. I think it's fourfold. And I was like, Why do you say that? He said, Read it. And so I read the scripture. First time I ever saw this before in my whole life. That scripture says apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, pastors, Uh, and teachers and so uh, it it, uh, the way it's written is this way and he gave some to be apostles and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers he didn't say and some teachers it said pastors and teachers so when you go and you look at the interpretation of that verse you know how it interprets literally pastors that teach and I was like ooh Maybe there's not fivefold ministry, and I, I would i was I was just rolling it over in my spirit because right there it was pastors that teach not you know or teaching pastors is it, that was the way it was interpreted teaching pastors I was like, ooh, man, I never saw so lord i 've been saying it wrong all along that 's what I started telling the lord i was like lord i 'm open i 'm open to this because to me that you know that's an established that's a, that's an established thing and uh but i for, i forgot the rule there's a rule in interpreting scripture you can't interpret it by one scripture the the rest of the bible has to support what your what your conclusion so if you draw a conclusion from one scripture when you look at one scripture if you're drawing a conclusion for the, you have to make sure that the entire bible supports that what you're what you're looking at and so i was like okay and uh one, I, was reading, I was reading one day. I, I was almost settled that it was fourfold. I was almost settled that it was fourfold ministry. And I was going to have to go back and tell people different. And one day I was reading, and I was over in the book of Acts, just reading through the book of Acts. And I, uh, I came across this verse of Scripture. It says now, that, in chapter 13, it says, Now there were at the, in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. There it is. There's teacher. And the Lord said, see there? He said, there are teachers in, my, in the rest of my book. He said, that's why it's fivefold. Because there's a ministry of teachers and has been a ministry of teachers in that New Testament. So because of that, that's why we, are y'all understanding what I'm saying? That's how you interpret scripture. That's how you establish that something is the way that it is. So when we read, like in and, and I've never, I know um, I know Melody and Seth, they really get into Bible reading, Bible study. They're very, they're very, they want to get in the deep. And and I pretty, I do, I stay a lot on the surface and don't talk about that part aspect of it because some people they're not really interested in that aspect of it. But I'm, I'm say this for you, Melody, today, because I know that you are interested. And this aspect of it. So, many times, what happens is when you go to a, a Pentecostal church, uh, or you go to a Baptist church, or you go to a Methodist church, or you go to a Lutheran church, they're going to teach it from the perspective of their, you know, the way that they uh, have interpreted Scripture. And some of them have interpreted Scripture to mean something that um, it can certainly be, don't, don't get me wrong, they can certainly translate it that way by the rules. But there, there's more than one way to, to look at it. But when you look at the entirety, for example, tongues. Um, tongues when it comes to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, you know, all know what the Bible says, day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. What happened when they were filled with the Holy Ghost? They spoke with other tongues. Now, read in every other chapter of the book of Acts where people were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Every place you read in the book of Acts where they were baptized in the Holy Ghost they spoke with other tongues. If it doesn't say they spoke with other tongues, it says, and people saw that they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, how, what did they see? They saw people speak with tongues. So that's and it's, it's, it's in there more than four times. It's in there more than four times that they spoke with other tongues. So here's, here's the doctrine then. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, the initial evidence of baptism, Holy Ghost baptism is that you speak in an unknown tongue. Then you go to the you go to this scripture in the book of First Corinthians, and it talks about a gift of diverse tongues. Now, in the context of that, now here's what here's what here's what people that don't believe in Holy Ghost baptism. And speaking with tongues will say, well, you know, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, do all speak with tongues? And it says, no, of course not. Not everybody speaks with tongues. But see, they're taking that scripture out of context. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 was talking about the gift of diverse tongues. Right. So we speak with tongues because the spirit gave us utterance in Holy Ghost baptism. But there is a, there is a gift of the spirit, a manifestation of the spirit even though I speak with tongues, having been Holy Ghost baptized, there are times when the Spirit of God has come upon me and He has put a different tongue in me, a, a diversity of tongues. Uh, not just the tongues of angels, but sometimes the tongues of men. I mean, one time the Spirit of God came on me and that gift of tongues brought um, um, Portuguese. I was, I've never, I don't know Portuguese. I've never spoke Portuguese ever before in my life. Portuguese came out of my, out of my, I was, I was speaking in Portuguese. Is, that's not tornado or anything, is it? All right, Amber alert. Um, <laughs> you know, only in Oklahoma. So, Melody, I was speaking in Portuguese to someone. I'd never learned the language of Portuguese. This person was from a, a, a country where they spoke Portuguese, probably Brazil. Some there there area, right? Brazil, is that yeah. And they uh, they were talking to me in Portuguese. I was hearing them and able to interpret what they were saying by the Spirit. And then when I went to respond to them, it came out in Portuguese. But I've never learned the Portuguese. I didn't know it was Portuguese till later. All I knew is that I was talking in a different language. That's the gift in that's the gift in First Corinthians chapter twelve, the gift of diverse tongues. So that. That is, that's the one that says, do all, when the Bible says, do all speak with tongues, that's the tongues it's talking about. No, not everyone has that. The Holy Ghost manifests himself in that way with those special gift of tongues. But anyone who's baptized in the Holy Ghost, the evidence of Holy Ghost baptism is always, they speak in an unknown tongue. And that, that, that tongue that we get in Holy Ghost baptism, of course, the Bible says, if we pray in, the, in an unknown tongue, uh, where we develop our most holy faith when we pray in the Holy Ghost. Also says when we pray in an unknown tongue, our spirit prays. Also says that uh, yeah, we're, we're talking to God in mysteries um, when we pray in tongues. But that gift, that gift of diverse, and, that, and that's why people get confused because in that uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, uh, 14, you know, Paul covers a lot of the subjects of the things of the spirit. And a lot of people don't rightly divide the word there. And it's important that we do, that we understand that he wasn't just um, he wasn't talking about uh, what what happened in Holy Ghost baptism, and uh, in, some, in some parts of that, he was talking about that gift of diverse tongues, especially in chapter twelve, chapter thirteen, chapter fourteen. He started getting into tongues, as it re, uh, as it uh, pertains to uh, every believer and uh, who's baptized in the Spirit. But um, so. Tongues from being baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's an established doctrine. Because of that, that's why, that's why we don't see, well, if it's the Lord's will for me to speak with tongues when I get baptized, we don't say it that way because we know what the will of God is. It's the will of God for everyone who's b- baptized in the Holy Ghost that the evidence of that be that they speak with an unknown tongue. Right. That's established doctrine. So we're not, we're not trying to, because some people are like, well, you know, what if it's not God's will for me to talk it down? No, he established something. The way that he established it was, if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you speak with an unknown tongue. That's the result of Holy Ghost baptism. And um, gifts of healing is the same way. Well, if the gifts of healing come, you know, as the Spirit will, then when we pray for people, why don't we pray over them and say, Lord, if it be your will to heal them, heal them. Well, here's the thing. If it wasn't God's will for everyone to be healed, why did Jesus take stripes upon his back? We know Jesus took stripes upon his back because by his stripes, we are healed. Peter says we were healed. And if we were healed then, we still were healed. Now, okay, so that's an established doctrine. Now, um, the gift gift of, of gifts of healing Well, again, when that manifests, it manifests in different ways. But that's not the only method that God chooses to heal. The the, uh, uh, prayer of faith can save, save the sick. That's what the Bible says. Anointing head with oil, praying prayer of faith. Believers laying hands on the sick, they shall recover. That's another way, you know, we can. So those are things that we can establish as saying, Lord, you said if we laid hands on the sick, the sick would recover. That's that's what we're standing on in those instances. Gifts of healing. Now, if you're sitting in a meeting, Melody, if you're sitting in a meeting and all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes on you and God says, there are 17 people here right now that are sick in their body. I brought them here. Every one of them have back trouble. If you'll lay your hands on them, I'll heal them. That's the gifts of healing. You get up, Melody, and you say, Pastor, Lord told me 17 people are here with back trouble. If I get my hands on them, they'll be healed. You know what I'll say? You 17 people, run up here quick. And you know what? I'm not going to lay hands on them because God didn't tell me that. He told you that. I'm going to say, Melody, here they are. Come up here quick. Run, 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 run. And while you're under that anointing, it's going to work. Now, you know what? After you lay hands on them 17 people, you may never have that ever happen to you again your whole life in that way then again gifts of healing may come on you regular you might be at Baptist and the gifts of healing come on you just every every person you slap on the head and every bed that you go to might rise up and you might take a parade of people with their backsides hanging out of their gowns out of that hospital but you can go lay hands on them knowing that God it's God's will to heal them because Jesus took stripes on his back for them to be. Healed. So you don't have to wonder if it's God's will to heal them. Lord, it's your will that now will, will they be healed? That's not up to you. It's up to him. Yes. Will, the man, will there be a manifestation of healing if you pray and you say, be healed. Healing is yours. That's the truth. Healing's yours. Will all those people receive it? No. Not because God's not got, not done it, but because sometimes they don't receive it. Heck, I tried to hand people money before they wouldn't receive it. Yes, yeah. Most most of y'all are like, "Hey, but listen, we taught y'all well." Amen. Amen. Don, Don, <laughs> did you have something? Don?
2: <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, in in uh, Mark, is it Mark sixteen? Uh, These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's right. They shall speak with New other tongue. tongues. That's
0: right. And uh, as believers, right? Yes, sir, they shall speak with new tongues. All right, so amen. Amen. I, I've tried to go through that, uh, first Corinthians with y'all. I always, I always try to rush through it though, because about the time I start it, y'all start going like this. But uh, but one day, if you want to walk through it, maybe we should, maybe, maybe before we end this, we should walk through. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, and go through it and break down the words that are used there, so that you can see uh, how it's how differently it's written in those verses of Scripture describing those two ways that the spirit of God manifests. It's really, it's really awesome. What it helps you to learn, I, now, see, I was one of those that when my, my pastor's wife was teaching us this, one eye was closed and one eye was open, because I didn't understand why she was teaching it. But she was teaching stuff like, you know, Paul said, you know, desire earnestly the best gifts, yet I'm going to show you a more excellent way. And then she talked about how that um, some people believe that, um, that uh, what that scripture was saying was that um, gifts had passed away because we received a more excellent way. Love was not the more excellent way. So that when, um, when, uh, and, uh, uh, and then it goes on to say, when that which is perfect has come, you have no need for the gifts. They said that the thing that was perfect was the word of God. And so that's why, that's why cessationists are people that don't believe in the gifts of the spirit or believe the gifts of the spirit have passed away. That's why they believe that way, because they believe that that which is perfect has come, which is the word of God. And, Thank God my pastor's wife took the time when I had one eye closed and one eye open to teach it. Because one day I was up at the, at the uh, flea market selling comic books and across from me in a little booth was a group of people from the Church of Christ. And um, they are cessationists. They believe that the gifts of the Spirit have passed away. And they, they were telling as much. And they were talking to me and I was talking to them. They didn't know I was a preacher. But I started having a conversation with them. And in the middle of it, I was like, well, you know, they were like, well, you have to be baptized to, to get to heaven. I said, what about the thief on the cross? He didn't get baptized. But Jesus looked at him, said, today you'll be with me in paradise. I said, what do you do with that? They were like, well, you know, um, maybe, maybe one of our elders might be better ha- to handle that. I said so. I looked for an elder. I said, "Where are?" I? I said, "I said, what say you?" I mean, how did that guy get in? The rest of us, we have to get baptized. Not, not only do we have to get baptized, but we have to get baptized in your church. Right. So, what do you say about that? What do you what do you what do you what what are your thoughts? You know, they could they didn't have a thought on it because they hadn't thought about it. That didn't that didn't fit into their doctrine. Right. I think some of them some of them I think what he said was this that those chapters weren't actually in the book in that book of the bible that those were added much later i was like no i'm pretty sure they were there i mean we can't go and look at the dead sea scrolls or anything like that but i'm pretty sure they were there And so anyway, we went back and forth. He was like, well, you know, I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. I talk in tongues, lay hands on the sick. He said, well, the gifts have passed away. I said, according to what? And that's the first time I never, you know what? I never knew I'd ever use that, that my pastor's wife gave me. But he said, well, you know, it says here, uh, Desire best but I show you a better way. And the better way is love. And, and he says this. It says, when that which is perfect has come, all these gifts pass away. Well, that which is perfect is the word of God. I said, is it really? I said, the very writer of that book that you're quoting said this. We know in part and we prophesy in part. We see through a glass darkly. I said, Paul himself knew that this book was imperfect because we don't see clearly. I said this isn't that which is perfect. Jesus is that which is perfect. The living word of God is that which is perfect. Come on now. Now is this what we have? Is it it is is it the uh, uh, word of God? Absolutely, but not not it's not just the written, it's not the written parts. It's the spirit breathed upon it that makes it. That's why you can read it and you can't just read it as information. It's got to be revelation. Because it was it because because it had to go through men they saw in part. Listen, if you're seeing in part, that means you don't have the whole thing. That means it can't be. It can't be. The book is not perfect. The written book, but the living book, along with the written book. Mm, Sunday, boy, I had that Church of Christ fellow. Well, I, he was messed up, man. He's like, I'll have to go think on these things. I said, boy, you are gonna have to do more than think. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. All right, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've done here today. Continue to be with us here today, Lord, and as we go tonight. And be with us tomorrow. Father, I thank you for your people. Let your anointing continue to flow. In the name of Jesus, we'll give you all the glory and all the praise for all that you do. And everybody that believed to said amen. amen. Listen, I love you guys. Go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. I'll see you back here later.